Love this podcast? Support this show through the ACAST supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Gird your loins. It's time to go on vacay. Hey guys, welcome back to Vacay. I am your host, Lisa Hamilton. I've got some big news for you all today. It is the season finale of season one of Vacay. I wanted to thank you all so much for coming along this journey with me. Your support has been incredible. I created this podcast at the beginning of this crazy pandemic as a way for us to escape a little bit when we couldn't necessarily escape with lockdowns. The ironic thing is I come to you today from Sydney in the middle of yet another COVID lockdown. I hope that this podcast and all of the travel stories that you've heard have given you a little bit of light during an incredibly dark time. We will be coming back for a season two of Vacay. I encourage you all to jump on over to Instagram and follow at Vacay Podcast so you can get all of the updated announcements on when we will be returning later on in the year in 2021. Fingers crossed at that point we will be out of lockdown. We will be well on our way to traveling the world and the country and wherever our hearts desire again. But for now, let's get to today's episode. My final guest for the first season of Vacay is the one and only Cameron Robbie. Now, you would have seen all over Daily Mail. They love to cover Cameron Robbie missing his flights, being late to the airport. So I wanted to take that and, and dig a little deeper and, and find out if he really is... <laughs> A hopeless traveler and it is such a fun episode you'll you'll find that I think the trouble does follow him wherever he goes in the world he's got some really hilarious stories so I hope you enjoy that and I will see you all for season two of vacay G'day. <laughs> Cameron, Robbie, welcome to Vacay. My son, the light of my life, the reason why I wake up in the morning. It's so nice to see you. We've been separated for so long. I know, it's been kind of a, a crazy, crazy year. I feel like I've, have I seen you recently? I don't know, I feel like sometimes I, I every so often I call you and I just like spill my guts on... Um, my life and and then you act as a little therapist and then and then we go on our merry way for another three months and now i'm cashing in on those free therapy sessions and i've bribed you to come <laughs> on my podcast so thank you for obliging oh my god no long time coming this podcast you know this is my um podcast virginity is it really yeah i've never done one before okay well i will go super gentle mm-hmm. Uh, okay, please and, do. And make sure that you're feeling comfortable all the way through. Okay, so obviously this podcast is about traveling. Uh, mm-hmm. And, you know, in the short time that I've known you, you're a go-getter. You're out and about. You're traveling the world, obviously, pre-pandemic. But mm. to start off with, can you tell me what kind of traveler you are? Are you, like, measured, organized, you know, get to the airport four hours early? Or are you, like, carefree? Go with the flow. Four hours early. <laughs> I think um, <laughs> I have like a, not 
carefree. It's more like chaotic, mm-hmm. um, stressful, <laughs> spur of the moment, no plan, uh, last minute, everything. I think I, I sort of, I, I remember there was a time on Instagram where I sort of did skit stories about my life and often it was just trying to get to a flight on time. So people knew me for always missing my flights because I did miss my flights quite a lot. Um, yes, you kept some Daily I... Mail writers in their <laughs> jobs for quite some time. I actually had to stop posting about all the times that I would miss flights because it just, I felt like it wasn't funny anymore. People were like, yes, we get it. This is like the 40th time. How are you this incompetent? But I feel like... It's just, I try to fit a lot in my day and I feel like I try to fit as much in there as I can. Um, but it's always been that way. I remember when I, when, I, uh, when I was 18, just turned 18, I actually did my first like solo trip to Europe and it was all planned within seven days no. of like leaving. That stresses yeah, I, uh, me to no end, seven days. Oof. I know, like that. I was like, I'm just going to go away for months. I, um, it, you know, it was because I got a, I, I was working on a film set as like, the main character's best friend. I had like two lines in this entire series, but I was contracted for three months and, and we did, um, you were working like six days a week, like 16 hour days. So I didn't have time to spend any money. I had all this like cash sort of saved up because we we're doing all this overtime. And I got a call from a friend being like, Hey, like, what are you up to on the weekend? And I, um, I was like, Oh, like, I don't know. I'm going to be unemployed. Like I'm finished filming. So like maybe like the rap party, I guess. And then I don't know what I'm going to do. Like, what are you going to do with the rest of the year? And I was like, I don't know. Like, I guess just try and figure it out. And they're like, oh, cool. And I was like, oh, it's your birthday. Like, what are you going to do this weekend? And uh, they were working in Belgium at the time. They're like, oh, well, I'm going to go to Paris. And I was like, oh, that's so cool. Like, you get to go to Paris just jump in. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you want to come? Uh, and I was like, uh, yeah. Oh, my Why not? God. And they were like, great, because I can get you, like, free flights. Because with their work, they had, they were given like a flight home that they'd never used up. And so like they gave me, they could like split that into like an economy ticket. And like I got to go to Europe. And so I was like, okay. And so I worked like five days. No, I think I, yeah, I worked sort of this week and then had to leave on the sixth day. But I was working every day. So I didn't have time to like pack or travel or back. And I was like, I'm going to go, it's like I'm backpacking around Europe, I guess. No idea sort of what I, what I was doing. I was like, okay, well, I'm going to Belgium and then I'm going to get on a train to Paris that night and figure out the rest as I go. And then that was my entire trip. It was just like, okay, well, I just met this person in Spain and they're like, come here. And I was like, okay. So that's what sort of did that. Um, I feel like that's such a, um, 18 year old going on their first solo trip mentality. You aren't really brushed by the world yet. Like you don't, you're not scared at all you just you want to go there and experience everything you haven't been tainted by being like robbed by gypsies you're like yeah i'll (laughs) get on a plane but also just like no i didn't have time to that's the thing i don't have any time to think i just like am a reaction person i remember we like got to paris and then someone was like oh you should try croatia and so we're like okay we should both go to croatia um and i uh i remember i went off early to croatia while they finished up their work and um then they sort of met me and I realized when I'd gotten, like when I got there, I, I didn't have a cell phone set up. I had no way of contacting them or knowing them. I just had like, hey, on this day, maybe we'll go. To, have you ever been into Croatia? Mm-hmm. Whereabouts were you? Oh my God. Uh, so it was, we, I went to the town of Split. Lovely. Um, 
and then to go out to like Havar the island. Mm-hmm. I don't know if that's far, whatever, you, however you say it. And um, like the party island. And I remember there was just like one date that was like, okay, well, we'll catch the ferry over to that, to that, to Var or whatever it is. And um, I remember getting there and, and you know, when like, you know, how like phones were so expensive to use mm. overseas. And so I, I remember not being able to find my friend and going, okay, this is the time. I'll just, it'll cost me a hundred dollars or whatever it is, but I need to find them because we need to both get on this ferry. And then I realized I didn't even like set it up so I could get cellular network overseas. So you couldn't even, I couldn't even do that. Eventually we found each other in the line. It was great. Well, I actually, I actually had probably the best 24 hours of my life on in on Havar. Well, the good thing, have you been, yeah. Have you been to that island? Have I ever. The good thing about Havar is there's just like there's little bars, but there's just one super club that you get it. Did you get in the little dinghy? To no, 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 to no. The no. So do you know? You, okay, do so you know how? Okay, so this is how it works. So what we did. So you, hula hula bar. Do you know hula hula? Oh bar? my god, do I know? That is my favorite place in the world. Okay. Hula hula bar. I left my my whole soul there. So I feel. So I feel like for those listening, and if you've never been, I feel like every Australian's probably been by this point though. Better than the Greek islands. Way better to go to Croatia. But on Havar, I really hope I'm saying that right because I've said it so many times Yeah, now. I think it's um, Havar. You've got to put Havar. a little bit more you in it. <laughs> I don't know. You get corrected so many times. People are like, Havar, Havar, and Ra, and you're like, I have no idea. Um, but Hula Hula Bar is across the island, and, like, it's this bar that is on the water, and you go swimming, and everyone goes there for sunset mm. drinks, right? And I remember... So my friend and I we were like in our hostel and we heard about they have to go to Hula Hula Bar and from Hula Hula Bar you go to Kiva Kiva Bar, which is the laneway. Do you, oh, did you ever do that? There's l- if I did go the there, laneway? I simply have zero recollection. <laughs> okay, I'm going to take this back to the beginning. Uh, so we go over to Hula Hula Bar, the both of us, uh, and we m- had met some people on the ferry over and we start drinking with them and having this, uh, this like amazing time. By that time... I don't know, you've been drinking for like four or five hours as the sun sets and everyone's swimming and so you're totally drunk. Um, and I remember we were probably like the last to leave Hula Hula Bar as everyone like sort of went back to our hostel um, before you it's go the out changeover. for the night. It's the changeover. You have yeah, like yeah, a quick yeah, yeah, little the shower, change, change yeah, your clothes, yeah. go back out again. But I don't know if you remember this, but there's like a bridge you cross over. You cross over a resort. Yes, oh, to yes, get the to Hula all-inclusive Hula. resort. And you're like, there's families there and you're like, oh, I'm absolutely families there, yeah. But do you mind. remember, do you remember there's like a water park? Yes. Underneath the bridge? Yes. Yes. So my friend and I were walking by and we're like, wow, that's a really cool water park. Like we should like go there and like have some fun one day. We're like, yeah, for sure. On our way back, we're walking across, across the bridge and we're like, you know what? We should... We should go into the water park right now and like go down the sides and stuff. This is how drunk we are. Incoherent. But you can't really get in there. So when we were crossing the bridge, we I mean, for good reason. It's a it's a private resort. (laughs) (laughs) But there's like this huge bridge that goes along, and so we're like, okay, well, if we we look, we were on top of the bridge and no one was around. We're like, okay, well, if we just like dangle ourselves off the bridge, no, it wouldn't be that far to fall. You know, and it, like, I mean, a, we a would... really easy entry point. It's a no brainer. What the fuck? This is totally what happens when you're drunk. So we both like climb over. We both like sort of egg each other on quite well. Like, yeah, yeah, no, this is a good idea. And we're like, yeah, it's not far. If we hang off the bridge, if we're holding there, like we're like, you know, one and, you know, almost two meters. So then, you know, it'll be like a tiny little fall and we'll be fine. Sure. We can jump in and sure, go to sure, things. Sure. 
So we hang off the bridge. So we're both hanging there. We've climbed over the side of the railing. We're like literally hanging from our fingertips from this, this, this concrete bridge above, above us and looking down at the tree line, which is, there's a, you know, there's a tree line below um, where the bushes are. And at that point, we were both sort of like, you know what? I think we misjudged this. I think this is... I think this is too high and this was a bad idea. But you literally have... Below us, we're still... Below us, we're still metres of, like, before even the tree line and then you hit the tree line and then you go in we're like, this is too far, this is dumb, we're too drunk, let's actually... You know what? You know what? Let's just go back to the hostel. And we're like, yeah, yeah, good idea, this was dumb. Go to pull ourselves back up. No, you don't have... I don't have that kind of strength. I don't have that upper body strength. We're so drunk and none of us have this other body strength to pull us up. So we're stuck dangling there, both being like, I, I physically cannot, like, get myself up back. So we're like, okay, fuck it. Like, we'll just fall into this bush. It'll be fine. I'm sure it's not that. Yeah, I'm sure we're right. Yeah, I'm sure we're right the first time. Yeah, it's probably not that hard. And we're like, okay, on the count of three, we'll just, like, let go. Like, one, two, three, we both drop. Um, crash through the trees and do you know, like, when you're, like, you've been drinking a lot and things don't really hurt? No, no, no. Because, like, no, you know, yeah, you it's nice. anything, any sense of touch. No pain receptors. The, like, alcohol is, like, numbing it all. This hurts. <laughs> so then... Like, you... this was so incredibly painful. Any broken bones? I remember I, like, was... My shirt had been ripped no, up. Like, everything was ripped. We were bleeding everywhere. <laughs> I remember I, like, would pull out a branch out of my side and was like, oh, yeah, that's, like, stuck in me. And, like, ripping off the sleeve of my shirt, wrapping it around my arm. No, to, don't, like, like full survivor living. mode. <laughs> Super survivor. Like, ripping our clothes apart no, to bandage not. ourselves back up. Like hobbling there in the thing, like okay, this is uh, yeah, this is, this was a bad idea. Okay, and we're like finally catch our breath again. Like okay, like I we were both in pain, and then we're like oh well, we're here now. We may as well go, down go the slide. into the wall, go down the slide into the park. So we like run up to the slide and fully and I remember, contaminate I, like, was... the resort pool with streams <laughs> of blood. <laughs> so I remember running up to the front of this like this big slide and just like going for it and like lunging forward and like going straight onto the slide and it was like I like slid to a halt. No no no. Because because they turned off the water because it was so late. The slides weren't running. So now you've just got all this slide like burn. this like slide no, burn on our front where we just like not realize that the water wouldn't be running. And it was just like one painful thing after the other. We're like hobbling down. By that time, we like see flashlights in the distance of people. Like, who the hell is like doing this right now? You know. And so we're like, we're like, yes, we're gonna go. And I remember like running down the slide, hobbling this stupid slide that was had no water, so you couldn't slip and slide down it. Had to go down. And like jumping into the water, and jumping into the water was like, it was like sweet release. I don't know, like soothing, sweet. You like, yeah. It was. You could just hear the sizzle of like, like ah, like this is so much nicer. This imagery is so sad. Getting out of the water, then having to like run out to the other park while we're being chased by security, like climbing over another fence with like spikes in it, getting more things ripped up and like more scrapes. And we're like, okay, but we're like, it was a mission. Like that was only the start of our night. Hula Hula Bab is like the place to be for the sunset. And so we went back to the hostel and like we got changed and then like 
took over took our hostel with games. On and yeah, <laughs> yeah. Got to crack on. Just like it was like you know, it wasn't time to think about it. There was parties to be had. We had to get to Kiva Kiva Bar, which is the next bar you go. And Kiva Kiva Bar is like this alleyway filled with like two hundred people. Like no one can move, and there's two bars on either oh, side. And buckets. And this alleyway. And buckets yes. and dancing on the tables. Yeah, now yeah, yeah. I'm with you. And from there, and then from there, like I remember, <laughs> we then you get on like uh, a little dinghy from you, some like unmarked boat. Yeah, yeah. Like, it's definitely. But yeah. sometimes I was I was with a girl, and sometimes there are um, people who are you know doing their schoolies from other countries and stuff like that in a place like this who can be very like handsy and very like i love you and all this stuff so like we were running remember we were trying to run away from one person like that at one point and we like hopped in this guy's dinghy and then you go into the dinghy and over to cover dm which is the island that is the club do you remember that oh my god i just i lost all of my friends there and it's the place where you can just be like oh yeah it's the the travel alter ego and you just like whatever i can travel alter ego yeah you're anyone i kind of i kind of get scared i think my travel alter ego is probably who i truly am which is terrifying (laughs) there's no shift chaotic (laughs) and like just hey now might be a good time to ask you have you ever been um arrested overseas on holidays (laughs) i mean that whole story just Lisa, it just leads me to ask. I would that. never. No, but the night before, I, I, I had, um, I had been arrested. I hadn't been arrested. Wait, actually, I had. Wait, no, I was no, joking. No, 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 no. <laughs> I don't. <laughs> I'd been partying with like a bunch of Australians the night before, I, because I think I'd booked a Airbnb that was way out of the town, and I, um, I remember. I didn't, I wasn't with anyone. I didn't have any communication with anyone. I was just like making friends and I think I got really drunk and I like maybe had had a sit down somewhere um, on the side of the road. And at one point police were like, oh, you have to go. And and they put, I got, um, No, they didn't cuff you. In um, those zip ties. (gasps) And then I, and then I ran away from. No. And so I had these zip ties on (laughs) and I had to like, and then I fell asleep. And then, but there wasn't a bus. I couldn't get back to the town because there wasn't a bus till like six in the morning. And so I had to like make up these hours and get these zip ties off. Um, so at this point, you're on the run. So then the very next day, where you got into the snafu with breaking and entering into the hotel, very much could have been <laughs> authorities being like, that's the guy. That's the guy. No, by that time, I had left. I had left that entire. I'd, I'd gone from the mainland to the island. I realized that night I had to get off the mainland, had to run. <laughs> you're like, I'm, I'm on the run. Uh, I'm on the run. I think they were just trying to be nice, but I actually, I don't know. I, 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 it was, um, no one's, we couldn't speak to each other. It was different languages. Yeah, there is often that barrier when you're breaking the law. Okay, so that really does paint a very vivid picture of what you're like to travel. I was 18. 18, I was 18. Yeah. No, 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 I get it. We all... Different, different. (laughs) Except I know that you would do something like that today. (laughs) Um, Okay, so Cameron, I know you are... You're an actor. You're on Neighbours. You're like, you're hitting the big time. Uh, so I've got to ask, like, oh, yeah. for actors, you know, the sights are set on Hollywood. Have you ever visited 
Hollywood? Do you have plans to go there? Like, is it where you want to go? Oh yeah, I um I have visited Hollywood. I but I'm really afraid at this point they won't let me back in. <laughs> what did you do? Uh, <laughs> I I remember last time. I think it was the last time I visited. I had this really cool opportunity um, to uh, I was to visit my sister on the set of Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Amazing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, th- I, I can't remember while I was over there, but while I was, while I was over there, she was filming, I don't know, it was for my, I think it was for my um, cousin's 30th birthday. And um, while I was over there, I, she was filming Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. And so she was like, hey, do you want to like come to set one day? And I was like, what? Yes. <laughs> like, do I want to go to a Quentin Tarantino sort of commission? <laughs> okay, cool. And, um... I got to do, I got to do this scene, go to this scene where it was like a, a, a house party in the Hollywood Hills. Right. And I got to like go and I remember, uh, it was a really, it was a really nice experience. Um, I bet. We went up to this, to this Hollywood Hills house party. And I remember someone being like to me, you know, you, you speak to like, you know, I was with the ADs and the people who sort of assist the actors and, you know, the extra people there like me. Um, and this this was my first day, and I and I got to have this experience where I, this makeup artist was like to me, she was like, "Hey, do you like want to watch a take like on the screen?" Oh. And I was like, "Yeah, of course I do." And she was like, "Great, okay, I'll go up to go up and like ask Quentin." And I was like, "Oh no 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 no!" Because what basis. happens? They shoot, they shoot on film. Quentin Tarantino shoots on film, so it's not digital. So it's not like there are monitors yeah, everywhere. Right. The only people who have a monitor is Quentin with the like he's the director. And then the DOP, those are the only people who really see it. And so she was like, okay, well, I'll just go. And she like goes, walks up to him and taps him on the shoulder. And he was like, oh, can like Cameron watch a take? And he was like, he turned around, like glared at me. Like, who the hell is Cameron? Who does he want? And I think it sort of all clicked in his mind. He was like looking at me like, who the hell is this guy? And then I was like, oh yeah, like, of course, like, come over, come over. I was, I was like, oh my God, no, just like leave. It's fine. It's fine. And like, we sat down and we were talking about the take and he's like, he loves Australian. Thanks God. And he was like in a really good mood. And so, like, no one told me to leave after that. So we just, like, sat and, like, spoke about the scenes, that whole thing. And I was like, this is my book. I remember I got, I would, I had to use my acting training to, like, concentrate because when I was, like, when I would think about what was happening, like, I'm like, I'm on a set with Quint. Like, when I thought about the context of what was going on, I literally would just start shaking, like, my hands would start shaking too much. So I'd be like, just talk about the scene. Like, concentrate, concentrate. That's where you have, anyway, to, it was really, you have really to really well. leave your body and disassociate. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> and, like, I was like, you know, process later, process later. Anyway, so this is coming to the point where they might not let me back Yeah, I'm in. like, everything the, sounds good. The next far. day, they're like, everyone had a great time. They're like, oh, my God, you come back tomorrow. Do you want to, like, see more? Like, do all this? And I was like, yeah, like, I would love to. Like, now it's like, cool. Like, so we're going, like, I'm going to go back to set tomorrow. And then the next day, um, Margot's filming schedule had, like, been moved. I'd, I'd been at home. I was like looking after her dog and like she, and I was going to meet her on set while like, you know, hair and makeup takes a few hours. So I was going to meet later. I was going to drive her car there and meet them there and would like go off the set together. Um, because sort of base camp, which is where they get ready and the set, which is on location is about 30 minutes away. And I was personally probably 30 minutes away from being at the house, like to, to the location. And she was like, actually everything's been moved forward. We're going now. So just like meet us at set and I was like what what do you mean she's like yeah it's fine like um Charlotte 
who's uh who's Margot's assistant was like yeah yeah like she'll she'll give you the address like this is great so it's fine and I was like okay cool 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 <laughs> and so I get given this address and I was like great I would just like shoot and they were like yeah just park park at park at the address and then like you know walk up the hill and and you'll be there and someone will let you in someone will see you and I was like okay cool like and I was like oh my god I'm going back to set this is really exciting um and I remember getting to the area to the vicinity of the area and driving through I'd taken the dog with me because I didn't know what the rules were like (laughs) I well the dog could stay at base camp usually like you know but I now I had the dog like you know so I was I'd taken the dog with me in the car and I was like I don't know if I should bring the dog or not I I didn't want to leave him because (laughs) (laughs) I um so we came so I sort of drove to the bottom of the hill and I saw some like cast vans and film looking crew and I was like okay okay but the location that I'd given on the map it was still a 10 minute drive to like get to the point so I was like she was like park there so I was like okay so maybe I just keep following this road driving up so I was like drove up and I hit a checkpoint there was like a police checkpoint film checkpoint and I was just sort of like waved through and I was like okay okay like fair like still like five minute drive so um, then I pass and I, I, I look up and I'm coming to another checkpoint and again, no one stops me. They just sort of wave me through and I'm, and I was like, and I was like, okay, this is, this is strange, but like, anyway, and then I see a third checkpoint and in my head, I am now starting to panic. I'm like, if this was getting close to being on set. Someone would have stopped me. Someone would have stopped at one of these checkpoints and gone like, you can't go through, get way through the next checkpoint. After this last checkpoint, I'm starting to panic. I'm like, like, this is, this is strange. Like, why did I just get let through? Um, and at that point, as I'm having this thought, these are narrow Mm -hmm. in the Hollywood Hills, like these narrow streets that are winding up, up the hill. Um, I, in front of me, I'm like having this thought, like, I'm surely I'm not about to like get close to the set. What's coming into view in my, this is scene is this giant crane and then 50 people, a line of 50 people behind the crane. And then what I can see in the front is Quentin Tarantino <laughs> as I'm driving towards this, this train to my left. There's a street, a side street that I should probably take. And I, and I panic. I'm like, should I take that road up to the left? Oh, like you can't turn around either. Like the streets are too narrow. It'd be like a 50 point turn just to like get the car to turn around. (laughs) So I like see the side street by the time I've actually like contemplated whether I take that or not. I've got the dog next to me being like, what are we doing? Um, I, the opportunity gone. And like, I'm just driving up to this, to this set. And at the last point, there's this little dirt road to the right. And like, I like put my indicator on to go through that. No need for an indicator at that like, point. I, I'm not looking, I'm not, I'm not looking at anyone. I'm not looking at the 50 people there. I'm not looking at the crane. I'm not looking at the camera. I just put on my car. I'm passing cars that are vintage. Like so your 1950s, modern car 50s, is sticking cars. out like a sore thumb. Do you just pop the hazards on? You're just like, um. Like, and can you believe that? Like, if I just pop up being like, stop in there and be like, hi, sorry. No, like, and was, was it a brother and a dog? Like. Yeah. Well, I didn't look. There was no way. I was so scared. Did I was petrified. I put it this indicator. Went up, went, went, just a ghost car driving, went up this hill and like, and I was like, okay, hopefully at the top of this hill, there's a way out on the other side. And like, I could not just confront and I get it. And it's a dead end. No, no, no. And I'm like, no, no. So I've just, like, I've just driven through the set, driven through it. And I like, 
I like stopped the car up there and I'm like, what do I do? Like, I can't, I can't turn around and drive back through the set. I like get out of the car and I've got this aerial view of everything that's going on. I watch the scene that happens like that. I can, it's a car scene and I'm like watching it. I'm like, oh, this is really cool. Like I can see everything. And so at this point I like just walk down and I'm like, again, passing crew members. If I go back and watch it and see you just like really confused in the background of some scene in the Hollywood Hills, that's going to be amazing. I need to re-watch but I remember walking past crew members being like, hey, and they would just be like, hey. And I'm like, surely, if I, like, someone at this point should be like, hey, dude, Swagging like. Flagging that maybe you should do you, be. Are you not supposed to be here? Like, who are you? Type of nice thing. to know that security um, is walk- top notch on your sister's <laughs> films. <laughs> I don't know. And then so I, like, I remember getting down to the bottom uh, and watching this scene. And there I am sitting at the edge and about from, like, 20 metres in front of me is, like, the wall of 50 crew members behind on the right. And then in front of us is like a, you know, a group of six, which looks like Margot and the other actor, Raph and, and uh, Quentin Tarantino all standing there. And, um, <laughs> uh, sorry, my headphones, I feel like are just about to die. This pivotal moment. Anyway, so I'm standing here at the, at the edge being like, well, it's kind of weird if I just like stand on the edge and I don't say hi. So I just, something in me is like, I'll just step out and like, go talk to them. And so I walk over and then I'm like, hi. And And like, how the fuck did you get Tarantino looks around being like, who the fuck is this kid? And then like, it registers in his mind. He's like, oh, hey, why are you interrupting this conversation we're having about the scene? And Margo's like. And also, like, looking up, being like, who the fuck is this person? Like, oh, camera, oh, hey, we've, well, we've just oh, she finished She just completely scene. disowned you. She's like, I don't know that guy. <laughs> I don't know who that kid is. She's like, oh, well, we've just finished the scene. Like, did you? And I was like, yeah, I've been watching. I've seen it. And everyone's like, oh, okay, cool. In my head, all I'm thinking about is, like, no one's thinking about, I don't know what happened, but no one's talking about, like, no one's yelling about me about the car. So They've not noticed I don't know that. what was happening. Maybe they was changing a light or something. And, like, I was fine, but no one seems to be angry about that or remember that situation. So I was like, okay, cool. Margot goes like, okay, well, I'm going back now. They're doing the stunt. I'm like, going the stunt away people are do from it. So you. I don't. We're going to the base. We're, we're going back to the base camp. And so I'm trying to have this conversation with her. I'm like, hey, hey, hey I've just accidentally like driven through set and parked behind it. Um, I need to get to the car. And she's like, what? no, no, no like, sorry. Oh, and well, that's the last you know, thing she was like, she's like about to do a scene on a Quentin Tarantino <laughs> film. And her little brother is like, oh, I've accidentally driven onto set. <laughs> What the fuck? Um, yeah, and I remember, oh, uh, yeah, so, and she was, no, the scene had been done, and she was like, okay, well, we're going, like, back to base camp now to do a costume change. She's like, and I was like, oh, she's like, you know what, why don't you jump in the car with us, we'll drive you to the car, and then you can just follow us out, and it will look really professional. And I was like, oh, great, 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 good idea. We all jump in the car. We go to drive the car off. Because I'd parked behind the set, Immediately once the cast car left, I was like, no, 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 no. We've just, you've passed the road, little tiny dirt road. Like this car, like this van could like not fit up that road anyway. Um, And so now we've parked, we've stopped because we're all having an argument in the car where I'm like, no, okay, so the car's behind us, like trying to explain. And they're like, what, what's going on? And like, I'm trying to explain, like I parked on set and it's like sort of clicking in their minds being like, oh my God. What have you done? What have you done? And so the cars, meanwhile, again, the row of 50 people and like Tarantino are looking at this car sitting in the middle of their set being like, why aren't they leaving? They're supposed to leave so we can do the scene. Time is money in Hollywood. Yeah. So Charlotte and I had the assistant, like we jump out of the car 
And then the car, Margot goes off and like with the drive because well, I was like, Charlotte, come with me. Like, it'll, like you, I don't it know, like legit. she'll help me out. She, she works on the set, set, so like, you know, it'll look legit. And um, we're going back and again, Tarantino giving this weird look like, <laughs> what the hell are you doing? And he's like, oh, you're back. You're like, I never left. <laughs> And just, just out of like being like, what are you doing? Like, what is he? It's like, what are you doing? Like, you were just leaving, and I was, and I just sort of blurted out. I was like, yeah, I just wanted to see how like more no, of the film was made. I wanted to see more scenes. He immediately changes, and he's like, yes, I knew it. I knew you were in it. Like, I knew you loved films and knew others. And I was like, it's true. I really do. I love all your work. But like, and, and he was so excited that I was excited about his work, and so we like went over and we like then were chatting to him for like we would. But at that point, like Charlotte and I were like, we're stuck. <laughs> Where, like, it will take out, like, they will not finish packing down and doing all the stuff for, like, six hours. Like, you know, like, we are stuck there till three in the morning until we a time when we can leave because we can't do it. And I remember Charlotte goes and, like, basically at one point, like, after we've been chatting for a while, we'd seen the scene a few more times. And she was, she'd speak, spoken to an AD and the AD was like, you idiot like why would you do that and I was like I know we're sorry like we obviously like this is a tricky situation they're like don't it's okay, a tricky well, situation they're, changing our, they're they're about to change the camera setup and the lighting so just like go now and get out because like cast fans and stuff are moving uh, a couple of things right now so I'm like great so we go up to the hill I've just parked at the top of the hill remember that hill where I'm trying to find a way out we're like running up the hill the two of us and like trying to get to the car and we're like the dog's still there being like hi I had like the windows were open and window. stuff like everyone out there Oh yeah, yeah. He was he was fine. He was absolutely loving it. Um, and and at that point, we were like, too much time has passed. Like, they have too much time has passed. Like, they would have done what they needed to do. Like, the car was not closed. So you missed another. Window. So we start driving. I get Charlotte to drive because I'm like, you know these people. Like, it'll look more. Professional. You get fired. And so we're driving I down. We drive back down and like we're squeezing past like this lighting equipment. And as we're about to exit, a van pulls up and stops and parks in front of us, blocking our way. And we're like, I need to get out. We were both so nervous. She was like, what are we going to do? What are we going to do? And then like the van parks in front of us and now now we can't get out. And we're very panicked and we're like sort of arguing the car. I don't know. What do we do? Do we get out? Do we say anything? Like, do we do? What do we do? And at that point he like jumps out of the van and the guy who runs off, who, who was driving, and we're like, what do we do? What do we do? And we see him come back and he like jumps in again and like turns on the car. And I'm like, oh, okay, this is okay. And so we both, so eventually it was a, like a van leaving and he'd parked, but because he had parked in front of us and we had to stop behind him, incognito we, just, just we just looked like a caravan of like film stuff leaving. And so we just drove out of there smoothly. And when this horrible situation was just like, Quentin was like, you love our films. And like, I'm really excited for that. And I can't wait to like see it. And we're like, all the yeah. while you so, could have cost him like a million dollars. Oh my God. Could have cost, I don't and know. You what would have happened? Invited <laughs> back to set. <laughs> okay, so that. Yeah, by that time they were like, you've had enough on yeah, set. You've had um, your fun time. That's enough. We're not doing daycare anymore. You can go on home now. <laughs> All right, well, that definitely is cause for concern. Uh, I feel like they're pretty strict on letting people into America. And if they, if they hear this story, if they listen to this podcast, I don't think they're going to let you back to Hollywood. Oh my God. I. <laughs> now that I've spilled the secrets, I'm not going to go. No, I did have an amazing experience. Very panicked. A few years off my life, I think, from stress. But, Great story for a podcast, you know, though. 
Uh, Okay, Cameron, I ask all of my guests the golden ticket question, uh, which is tomorrow. If you could get on a plane and go anywhere in the world, COVID wasn't an issue, work wasn't an issue, there were no restrictions, where would you go? I'm going to be kind of boring. I think I would go see, you know, friends and family overseas in in sort of London and America, just because I haven't seen them in so long. Um, I was going to say Antarctica. I'd love to visit Antarctica. Don't you reckon? It would be What happens down there? Nothing. It's just cold ice. But other than that, I am actually in a Melbourne winter right now. So close enough. Something nice and yeah, <laughs> tropical and warm would be really nice, right? Yeah, someone I forget which guest uh, on VK also said Antarctica, and I was like, better get to Stepan because she won't be there for too much longer. <laughs> I know. Um, so maybe by the time we get out of COVID um, lockdown restrictions, I feel like it feels like a really cool trip, but really you just get there and you're like, oh, it's just a blizzard and a lot of nerdy scientists <laughs> and you're like where's the yeah and bar? it's like negative 60 degrees where's Hula Hula <laughs> yeah. in antarctica i was promised where is Hula? maybe back to hula hula bar oh back to that resort i really still want to try the the slides on that resort maybe book a room this time <laughs> and do no, 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 no. <laughs> All right, Cameron, I want to give you a little moment to shout out uh, the projects that you're working on. Where can people watch you? Where can people find you on social media? Oh, I guess I am. I am playing Jesse Porter, who's a lifeguard who can't swim at the moment, on Neighbours, the soap opera. So check out Jesse and see what he's up to. Um, He's also got a bit of chaotic energy, I think, so always fun to watch. Mm. 6.30 p.m. Mm. on 10 Peach. Is that the tune? On 10 Peach, correct. TX Times? Channel 5 also for your UK viewers. Oh, yeah. Listeners. We do get a few people from the UK, people from the US. I get, uh, Deep Russia. I also get some people oh. listening there. So if you've got any fans in Russia, um, spasiba. <laughs> but yes, neighbors, neighbors, neighbors. 6.30 weeknights on 10 p.m. Amazing. Well, I'm so proud of you. And thank you so much for giving in um, to all of my harassing texts and calls to get you onto vacay. This is the actually the season finale. So I couldn't have thought of a better guest to join me. Season finale? Yeah. Well, I hope... I hope I, um, I'll just let you know if my Esther gets approved next time. <laughs> okay, I really hope so. I'm going to convince her. <laughs> All right, thank you, Cameron. Thank you, thank you very much, Cameron. <laughs>